Praise God, everybody. Another beautiful day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Um, got another video for you tonight. Uh, no, I missed one last week. I just had a lot going on. Had some things I had to do and, and stuff. But I'm back on here tonight. And I'm still on the lessons from the trees. Teachings that I'm doing um, from the trees in the Bible. And tonight, as you can see the title that I've got here. It says, uh, Flourishing Pillars in the House of God. Flourishing Pillars in the House of God. And the passage of Scripture that I'm going to begin with is in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 92, verses 12 through 14. Psalms 92, verses 12 through 14. And it says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Let's pray before I get started here. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for another opportunity, God, to get on here, Lord, and teach your word, God, and ask you, Lord Jesus, to let it go forth, Lord, and help each and every person, God, that watches this, Lord God, and listens to it, Lord, and including myself, Lord, to help us, Lord God, in our walk with you, to get closer to you, Jesus, and to help us learn more about your word, God. Lord, let my words be your words, and use me, Lord Jesus, as your vessel tonight. Speak through me, Lord God, so that it go forth, Lord, and produce seed for you, Lord Jesus. And God, I thank you, and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, <clears throat> he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. That's the two trees that I'm talking about tonight is the, the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. And both of them have some um, pretty quite a bit of significance in the Bible. And um, as I get into this, you'll see um, how they, you know, what, what they represent and different things. But um, <clears throat> it says flourishing like the palm tree. And what that means is, if you look at a palm tree, when a palm tree grows, it grows straight up. Unless it has something hindering it when it starts to come out of the ground, a palm tree, about 99% of the time, is going straight up. And as it goes straight up, not only does the, the, the stock part of it go straight up, but also the, even the, the palm limbs that come off of it <clears throat> begin to point straight up. But the tree is always going upward, and it doesn't really like go out you know to the left and to the right all around instead it grows mostly up straight up all the you know basically the whole part of the tree is growing upward and what that means is is it's, it's if you compare that to our walk with god our, our walk with god should always be growing up in god or going upward and not falling back or falling down or you know falling to the waist of it we should always be increasing ever increasing in our stature with the lord and what that means is, as we are getting stronger, we are go we are growing up in God and growing upward in God. So, we're looking at the palm tree and how the palm tree, you know, what it says here, flourishing as the palm tree, we're growing in the Lord and showing that we are gaining strength and gaining, you know, um, gaining stature in God and growing upward and not down and not to the wayside. But another another thing to look at here is, is it shoots upward. When a palm tree comes out of the ground, it shoots upward as it grows, and it grows straight up. Another thing about the palm tree, 
See, if we look at an oak tree, an oak tree has a tap root for where it gets its water, and it grows straight down and it tries to find the water table in the ground to where it can grab the water from the ground. And a palm tree, on the other hand, a palm tree, most of its roots are growing outward, and, and it's, it's like creating a huge web in the ground that's growing more outward than it is in depth. But even though it does that, it's still a pretty strong and durable tree. And another reason why it's so strong and durable is because it's, it's flexible as the wind blows from side to side. So it actually pushed the tree and, and looked like it's bending it and going to break it in half. But yet when the wind gets done blowing, the tree is stand back upright. And that's because the tree, the tree itself is flexible, but its roots are still grabbing hold into the ground. That's much like us as Christians. We should be like that palm tree. When that storm comes through, it shouldn't cause us to fall over. We should be able to to bend and flex in the storm as the storm is coming, but hanging on with everything we got and still reaching and, and grabbing and hold and and holding on to the Lord, holding on to our foundation. Our foundation should be in God. So if our foundation's in God and we're rooted and grounded in the Lord then that, that means our roots are going to hold on. But the rest of us, this flesh that we deal with, has to hold on as well. So when that storm comes a-blowing and pushing against you, and that resistance that you're constantly fighting with and pressing towards and trying to press through, you should still be able to, to hang on and stand no matter what's happening around you. you still be able to stand there, just like that palm tree during that storm. It takes quite a strong wind to blow a palm tree over to, to literally break a palm tree in half. But they will hold on, they, they'll, and their roots will hold on. And that's one of the amazing things about a palm tree. And I guess you could say that's why a palm tree is one of the most popular trees down here in the state of Florida, is because of the storms that we get that coming out of the ocean there, them hurricanes and everything and stuff. And that's, that's why there's so, there's so many of them down here. But I've seen oak trees, big oak trees, get just rooted and laid over, whereas a palm trees that's around it are still standing. So in looking at that and looking at the durability and the strength and the, the stature of a palm tree, you know, and compared to an oak tree, even though that oak tree's got that tap root that sinks way down in the ground, but yet that, that palm tree is stronger and standing against the winds and standing against the, the wilds of the storms that comes through. And that's something to think about. And then if you think about the cedars of Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon was a very... You think about a cedar, cedar wood. If something's built out of cedar wood, it's very strong and very durable furniture. And it's got a peculiar smell to it, which is pleasant to the, to the, you know, to the scent or to the smell of a person. But another thing about a cedar, the cedars of Lebanon, it was they were very big, a very big tree and they were strong. Their bark was very strong and their, their, their uh, trunk was very strong. It's a very strong tree. And same way with the roots, the roots of a cedar tree, but they, the roots of a cedar tree also grow a little more downward than the palm tree. But another thing about a cedar tree is the height that a, that a cedar tree would reach. It could reach as high as 120 feet. And these cedars of Lebanon, back in the day, back in the times of, of Solomon and of David, was a tree that was wanted by people, and it was a very popular tree to build things out of. But it's also... It was it could be considered an expensive tree in that day because of the people wanting it and the people, you know, that desired that desired of the trees of Lebanon of the cedars of Lebanon. And like I was saying about a cedar, 
something built out of cedar wood is going to cost you uh, going to cost you a little bit more money than just uh, you know just any old furniture or any old um, kitchen sinks or appliances you know cabinets or whatever. Um, the cedar wood is very is a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, expensive wood to get. But in considering all that, it says the righteous the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Okay, and shooting upward and very durable, being very durable, and being shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Growing like a cedar in Lebanon means you're gonna you're gonna get very high in stature with God. Meaning you're gonna you're gonna continue to grow just as high as you can possibly go in the Lord. Instead of just you know lingering here in a certain area where you want to stay at, where you feel comfortable at, we should always be progressing upward, progressing forward, and gaining as much as we can in God. And I don't mean gaining what we can't as much as we can from God, like uh, you know, um, blessing wise, because that's gonna come. You're gonna get blessed. But what I mean is gaining as much ground in in uh, stature and strength and you know in God where you can stand no matter what comes your way. You get strength in the Lord so you can stand. But also there's more to it than just just growing in God. Because I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. The flourishing part of it is more than just growing in God. See, a palm tree flourishes, it, it puts out a lot of palm fronds, a lot of limbs, but it also bears those little berries and stuff and uh, that they use and study for cancer and different things. But it's flourishing. It's always, if you look at a palm tree, it's almost always flourishing, almost always growing new, new uh, branches off of it and stuff. And it's not... See, it can lose some branches, but it grows more branches. Lose branches, grows more branches. Whereas an, an oak tree, it grows its branches out, and those branches stay on the tree, and they just they grow farther and further out, and the leaves grow and change, drop acorns and all that different stuff, you know, the and uh, blossoming like they do. But a palm tree is always growing more limbs and losing limbs, growing limbs, or branches always, constantly. They're constantly flourishing. And... Um, see the cedars and the cedars in Lebanon is very strong and tall tree rooted deep and great wood for building things that's the the cedars of Lebanon now if you look over at first Kings chapter 5 I'm going to show you a little something about the cedars of Lebanon and I believe that that's one of the reasons it was mentioned here by David when he said grow like a cedar in Lebanon you see with us as Christians we should be a part of the, not just a part of the church, not just a member of the church. We don't, we don't just go in there just to say, just so we can say that we're a member of the church. Everybody in a church has a has a job to do and has something they have to do for God in the church. What God places them in there for for different things, whether it be a prayer warrior to go up and help pray for people, or whether it be somebody that, that um, helps get the worship started. Um, you know, that loves to praise God and loves to worship God and. And everything, or whether it's uh, whether you're a minister or a singer or whatever the case may be, when there's people that needs to be working in the altar, when people's up there praying and getting prayer prayed for, and and it's up there um, coming to God for the first time, and and it's seeking the Lord and seeking salvation and seeking the Holy Ghost. And see, we need people in the altars to work in the altars with these people that's coming to the Lord. There's different things that people that God needs. Um, people in the church for to do and it's 
So, in considering that, and what I said in the title, um, Flourishing Pillars in the House of God. So, look at here in, in 1 Kings chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 5 through 9. It says, And behold, I purpose to build an house unto the name of the Lord, unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I, whom I will set my throne, set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. See, this is Solomon here that is saying this, that God said that he would be building the house of the Lord for David, because David had blood on his hands and God didn't want him building his temple. So he waited till Solomon come along and had Solomon built it. Build it. But catch what it says here in verse 6. It says, Now therefore command thou that they hew me cedars, or cut me cedars, cut down cedars, out of out of Lebanon, and my servants shall be with thy servants, and unto thee will I give hire for thy servants according to all that thou shalt appoint, for thou knowest that there is not among us any that can kill, that can skill to hew timber like unto the Sidonians. In other words, cut the timbers and cut them to where they could use them. And this is what they're going to be using it for. And it came to pass when Hiram heard the words of Solomon, that he rejoiced greatly greatly, and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, which hath given unto David a wise son over this great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the things which thou sentest to me, sentest to me for, and I will do all thy desire concerning timber of cedar and concerning timber of fir. My servants shall bring them down from Lebanon unto the sea, and I will convey them by sea in floats unto the place that thou shalt appoint me, and will cause them to, dis to be discharged there. And thou shalt receive them, and thou shalt accomplish my desire in giving food for my household. See, he wanted cedars from Lebanon to build the house of God, to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. These cedar, remember what I was telling you about the cedars, especially the cedars of Lebanon. These are trees that was desired by a lot of people back in those days. And it was a, it was considered a very pricely wood and very, um, a very, one of the more favorited woods of that time or favorited cedar of that time, lumber, timber, whatever you want to call it. But David took that timber and he built the house of God with it. He built the temple with the cedars from Lebanon. So in thinking of what David said here about the cedars of Lebanon, growing as the cedars of Lebanon, you're growing in the house of God. You're growing in the church. You're growing in the temple of the Lord. See, we are all temples, right? We are all, our, body, our bodies are temples unto the Lord. But as, as we gather together in the house of God, as many temples in the house of God, but we are not just a temple in the house of God. We are also looking at ourselves as being a pillar in the house of God, meaning we help to hold the building. We help to hold the house of God, help to hold the church. You see, we are the church. The building's not the church, but we are the church. We don't have to have a building to have church. We don't have to be in a building to have church. We can gather together under a tent. We can gather, gather together out in a field. We can gather together at somebody's house. We can gather together anywhere to have church. We don't have to be in the church to have church. See, we are a temple, but when we get all gather together, we are pillars in the house of God. We should be a pillar that is growing in the house of God to help grow the church. As the church grows, the pillars grow. 
So in looking at it that way as being a cedar, growing as a cedar tree in the house of the Lord. And so thinking about a durable palm and a, and a strong cedar and trees growing straight, growing straight up. They're growing up straight to the Lord and growing higher in God, higher in stature with the Lord. And if you look over in, the, in Jeremiah chapter 17 and think about a tree tapping into the living water as a tree, as we are trees in the house of the Lord, the pillars in the house of the Lord tapping into the living water that is flowing out of the throne of God. As we are in church and having church, and we are in the presence of the Lord, His Spirit is flowing through the people and feeding the people and the living, the living water flowing from the throne room of God that is helping us to grow and helping us to um, give us nourishment in the Lord and to help us get stronger in Him and to take some of the pressure of, of weekly you know, things we go through all week long or you know, during, even during one day sometimes at work or whatever or at home or uptown or whatever it is that you're doing, the things we face in this life and, and stuff, the troubles that we go through and all the hard times and everything that we face in this life, sometimes it's nice to have that little cool drink of water, especially if you're outside working in the heat, working in the, temp, the hot temperatures outside and you come in the house and you go to the refrigerator and you open the refrigerator door and you reach in and grab that gla- that bottle of water and you pop the top and you pour it in your mouth and begin to drink it that cold water is like a, a cool sensation that just helps helps you helps you get over the heat and it helps soothe you and help you relax and cool down and stuff it's just like the pressures of life that come on us and we get in the presence of god and that living water that's flowing from the throne you see it says that living water flow from your belly that's the spirit the spirit of the lord that's living inside of you and when you stir him up and you get him in the presence of the Lord, that living water will begin to flow and it will begin to nourish us, begin to comfort us, begin to take the pressure off. It will begin to, to help us to relax and help us to, to get to where we feel better in the Lord and it refreshes us and it causes those pressures of life to leave to where we now we feel the presence of the Lord and we, get, we carry our burden to Him and let Him carry our burdens. So then our burden becomes light because we're now carrying His burden and He's carrying ours. You see, so so being in in the house of the Lord, now think about that tree. When that tree is standing there and a drought comes and there's there's not as much rain, so you don't have the rain watering the ground around the tree, but its roots grow down and it root, its roots grow out. And that tree that's planted by that water, planted by the rivers of the flowing waters, as it's sitting there, even when the drought comes, that tree has still got water because it's right there next to the brook or next to the stream or the river or lake, or whatever it is, and it's able to draw water from that river, and from that lake. So think about what it's saying here, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. It said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope that the Lord is. See, blessed is the man that trusts in God. See, we we need to trust in God, because if we trust in God, then, that, then we're blessed. Well, how are we blessed? Well, because we trust in Him, He's going to bless us in return because we trust when we ask Him for something that He's going to give it to us and we, we shall receive it because we believe and trust Him to do so. So that makes us blessed because we receive from God. And whose hope the Lord is. Our hope should be the Lord. Our hope should be in the Lord. Our hope shouldn't be in anything of the world or any, any man out there. That, that You know, you need to put more trust and hope in God than you do in any man out there. In the uh, book of... Uh, Psalms, one, Psalms 108 verse 8 says, 
It is better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in man. You see, we can't trust, we can't trust in man like we can God. Cause God's gonna give whenever we ask. God's gonna show up on our behalf when we need Him to. But you can't always depend on some, on a person to show up on your behalf or to do what you ask Him to do. Because He's not as faithful as God is. So it's better for us to hope in the Lord than to hope in man. It said, whose, and whose hope the Lord is, for He shall be as a tree planted by the waters. You see what I said a minute ago about a tree being planted by the waters. Well, here's what it says about that tree being planted by the waters. It says, And that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. You said, in other words, that leaf's not going to wilt and going to fade away and fall off the tree when the heat comes. In other words, when that heat comes, that leaf is going to stay there. That leaf's not going to wither up and fall off because it's, why? Because it's planted near the waters and it's reaching out and it's pulling the waters from that stream and pulling the waters from the river or the brook or the pond or whatever it's planted by. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. See, even during the time of drought, being as that tree is planted by the waters, even during the time of drought, it's still going to yield fruit. So think, think about that. A tree that even, even when the drought's there, even when the, the heat comes, even when all that happens, that tree is still bearing fruit. Why? Because it's still tapped in to that living water, that water that's flowing. Come on, it's still flowing through the river. It might not be coming from the sky and water in the ground, but because it's close enough to that river where it can reach out and it can pull that water from the river and it can nourish itself to where it's going to produce fruit. Now think about this. Consider us being Christians, being children of the Lord. Come on, and we got, we faced hard times and we faced trials. We faced times of, of drought, times of, of, of when, uh, you know, hard times, when things that we face in our life and it gets hard to bear things and it gets hard to keep going on, but you keep pressing on anyhow and you keep pushing on and you start reaching out, reaching out to the Lord and you get in His presence and you're drawing from that, that river of living water that's flowing from the throne room of God. Come on, you're still going to produce fruit. You're still going to yield fruit. Why? Because you're still reaching and tapping in to that river, river of living water that's flowing from the Lord. You're still tapping into His Spirit. You're still tapping into His presence to where He can bless you and where He can flow over you and strengthen you in those time of needs. Come on, you can reach out to the Lord and reach out to where you'll still bear the fruit of God. So what fruit am I talking about here? Why am I saying fruit? Well, flourishing, you're supposed to be... Flour flour that's the flourishing part of it that I told you a minute ago is you're going to be bearing fruit. You're going to be yielding fruit. To flourish is to, is to, to keep growing and you keep pushing, you know, producing limbs. Well, on them limbs grow fruit. So as you're growing in the Lord, you should still be always producing fruit. Remember what it said over in, in the book of Psalms? Let me go back here and read it again. It said here in the book of Psalms, in verse four, verse 14... It said, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. In other words, even when you get older, you're still bearing fruit. You should always be bearing fruit as you, as you grow in the Lord. Bearing fruit, your fruit should get more, and you should be producing more fruit as the, the more you grow in God. So the more you grow in God, even in your old age, you're still going to produce fruit from off of your tree. So as you grow in the Lord, what are the, what are the, what are those fruit? So if you think about it, so if you think about it here, 
in Galatians chapter 5, so that's another thing of flourishing, is flourishing and yielding fruit. So as you flourish, you should be yielding fruit. Well, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, it'll tell you what those fruit are. The fruit of the Spirit. So if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, that as you're producing fruit, you're yielding fruit, you're, you are yielding fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit here in verse 22 and 23 of Galatians chapter 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's one of the main ones is love. And why do I say that? Because in Jesus said that love your neighbor or love God with your whole heart, body, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. On those two hangs the whole, all, the entire law. So love, love fulfills the law. It fulfills the Spirit of God. So if you love, like it tells you there, love the Lord with all your heart, body, soul, and mind, you aren't going to break the, the commandments against God. Where it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and you shall not build any graven image against, that's against God. And you, you love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is anybody else besides yourself. That's not just the person living next to you, or the person living across from you, or the person living on the other side of you or behind you. No, that's everybody but you is your neighbor. You have to love everybody as your neighbor. The Bible says even love your enemy and pray for your enemy. Pray for your enemy's soul that your enemy will be saved. So we have to pray, we have to love our enemy and pray for our enemy. That's a hard thing sometimes, is loving your enemy and praying for them. But we have to do that. That's, that's one of the things we have to do. But loving everybody else, all, everybody else but yourself, as yourself, okay? So if you love everybody else as yourself, then you're not gonna steal from your neighbor. You're not gonna kill your neighbor. You're not gonna covet your neighbor's wife. You're not gonna covet your neighbor's belongings. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, to do anything that your neighbor's not gonna be happy with because you love your neighbor. And then your mom and your dad, if you honor your mother and father so that your days upon the earth shall be long and prosperous, you're gonna, you, if you love your mom and dad, you're gonna try to honor them as best you can and live. What does honoring mean? Well, don't do something that's gonna make them say, well, I can't believe my kid did that. Or do something to where your parents are ashamed of you and don't wanna be, don't want you to be known as one of their children because of some of the things you're doing. You have to honor your mom and dad. You know, do what your mom and dad tells you to do and do things that they're, they're going to be proud of you for and that they'll say, that's my kid right there. And I, that's my kid that, that you know, I, I love him. He's, he's awesome. He does everything I need him to do. We, we have to honor our mother and father so that our days on this earth to be long. See, all those different things. Love, just love itself does so many things to where if you, had enough love, if you have enough love in you, you're not going to do anything that's unpleasing to God because you love Him so much and because you want to make sure that you're doing what He's pleased with. And your neighbors around you, you'll love them because you love God. Because if you have the love of God in you, then you're going to love everybody around you. You're going to love your neighbors. So the fruit of the Spirit, that's one of the things that, that you should be yielding from, from your body, from, your, from yourself, from your spirit that's within you. You should be yielding love you should be yielding joy you should be joyful you should be happy and i know sometimes we go through things that gets us upset but you should still have that joy of the lord to where you can just brush it off and say you know well it's okay you know god's going to show up on my behalf and you know and try to try to be cheerful and joyful all the time and that's a hard thing sometimes i know when you know things we go through in this life and then peace peace around you be peaceful long suffering you know and Willing to wait. If it takes, if you have to wait, be willing to wait. Long suffering. That's what long suffering means. Is is be willing to wait and wait patiently on 
on God to show up and gentleness. Be gentle towards others. Be kind. Be good, the goodness. The goodness of God. You should be having the goodness of God surrounding you. And faith. As you grow in the Lord, your faith should be getting stronger. Your faith should be getting bigger. And that's one of the things that should be growing as you grow in the Lord. Because why? Because the closer you get to God and the more that you grow in Him, then the more you're going to know that He's going to show up on your behalf. The more that you're going to trust Him and the more faith and believe that when you ask something, you shall receive it. Because why? Because you are close enough to God to where you know that God's going to show up and that God's going to do and that God's going to move. Meekness. Holding that tongue, being meek, you know, not re- not retaliating when somebody upsets you or when something happens, and try to control yourself and control your tongue. And temperance—that's the control part. Having temperance to help you control that tongue. Uh, one of the teachings I did was was on temperance, on the tempered blade, being tempered in the Lord and and being tempered in Him. And the way you get temperance is to, is you have to you have to strive to help yourself or to make yourself. You know, make your flesh come under subjection to the power of God and to the ruling of God and under the subjection to the Word of God. And see, it says, in all these, in all these fruits of the Spirit, it says in the last part of that, against such there is no law. Because see, if you're doing all these things, if you're yielding these fruit from the Spirit man that's living inside of you and having the flesh under subjection as best you can, then will you be yielding these fruit? So being as you're yielding these fruit against these things that these fruit bear or that these fruit bring, there is no law. Meaning, God's pleased with you. God's happy with you because you're doing what He's what He's wanting you to do. So thinking about the fruits of the Spirit, there's another thing about the palm tree because I told you about the cedar tree. The cedar tree being used to build the temple of God or being used to build the house of God. See, so to, to bring this out to show you what I'm saying here, being as Solomon took the cedar trees and he built them, he built the temple to the, for the Lord out of the cedar wood or the timber from the cedar trees. Looking at us growing up in God as a cedar of Lebanon, the cedar Lebanon built used to build the temple of the Lord. As we are growing up in the like the cedars of Lebanon in the house of God, building the house of God. You see, you see how the, the cedars of Lebanon, how they come into play here. Well, another thing about the palm trees is when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem before he was to be taken before Pilate and scourged by Pilate's soldiers and then then uh, marched up Galgotha's road up to the be hung on the cross. As he was coming back into Jerusalem, he told them to go get the colt that had never been ridden. And his disciples went and got the colt from the house that Jesus told them to go to. Brought the colt to him, and he he got on the colt. They laid their rope, they laid their some of their clothes on the colt. They got on the colt's back, and he began to ride the colt into Jerusalem. So as he was riding in the colt into Jerusalem, he was fulfilling a prophecy that was spoken in the Old Testament that he would ride a colt that had never been ridden into Jerusalem. And as he was riding into Jerusalem, they began to lay their clothes down, and some of them got palm branches and laid them down in the streets because what was fixing to take place here is as Jesus was coming into Jerusalem he was coming into Jerusalem to die for our sins well him dying for our sins he gave us victory over death and hell and the grave when he came into Jerusalem he was coming in to perform a victorious act by dying on the cross and shedding his blood 
so that we could be redeemed back to Him, thus getting the victory over death, hell, and the grave. So as we got victory over death, hell, and the grave, we were able to ascend into heaven whenever we die and get it back into the presence of God. So that was a victorious act that He was fixing to perform coming into Jerusalem. And they were laying those palm branches down in front of Him as being a, a symbol of victory that Jesus was about, was about to perform. So now, and considering that, look over in the book of Revelations. And for y'all that want the scripture on that, it's John chapter 12, verse 12, and Matthew chapter 21, verse 18, when he rode the colt into Jerusalem, and they were laying the palm branches down before him. But over in the book of Revelations, in chapter 7, verse 9, it says that, that the great multitude comes into the throne room carrying palm branches. They were dressed in robes that, was, that had been washed clean and made white, and they were carrying palm branches as they marched into the throne room of God in heaven. That was a symbol of victory. Being victorious, they made it through. They made it through the tribulations of life, and they were victorious as they entered into heaven. They overcame the trials of this life and the, the things of this life to make it into the glory of God. And their robes were washed and made clean by the, by the blood of the Lamb, and they overcame by their testimony. So they entered into heaven. They were carrying those palm branches as a symbol of victory over the earth and victory over this life as they entered into heaven into the next life. So in considering that, palms represent victory. So becoming a cedar in the house of the Lord, okay, that great pillar in the house of the Lord, flourishing as that great pillar in the house of the Lord, you shall become victorious over this life. So meaning the stronger you get in God, and the stronger you get in the house of the Lord, the more fruit that you bear, and the greater and stronger you get in Him. And as you flourish as that palm tree and grow like that cedar, then you are going to be victorious over this life. And you're going to be victorious and make it into heaven and make it into eternal life. So just like that palm tree, that be a flourishing pillar in the house of the Lord. Strive to be that flourishing pillar in the house of the Lord. Find what God's got for you in the house of the Lord and begin to do it like, you, like He wants you to do. And grow in Him and learn as much as you can of God. And get as close to, you, close to Him as you can. And how do you get close to God? Well, you, you seek Him in your prayer time and you, you seek Him more and you strive to see His face and you fast and pray and you study in His Word and you try not to miss any any church. You try to be there, be there every service, every time that that you can gather in the house of the Lord to gain, gain strength in numbers and you get more from the house of God. You get more from the Lord. So you grow stronger in doing these things and fasting and praying worshiping prayer and seeking God's face, studying His Word, getting in there and listening to the ministry from the preacher that's coming forth from the pulpit with that anointing that's feeding your soul, getting into the worship so you can get into the presence of God, so you can enter into that that lies beyond the veil. So you're not going to enter into that that, lie, enter into that that lies beyond the veil without doing something on your behalf or reaching out to God, seeking God. You see, it, think about this. When... when you come to the Lord and God saves you. It ain't just about just coming to the Lord and getting saved. There's more to it after that. So you have to grow in Him. You have to seek His face. God wouldn't have told us to draw nigh to Him so He can draw nigh to you if He didn't want us to seek His face. It's not just about asking for forgiveness and then going on with your life and doing whatever and just, just saying a prayer every now and then. Remember that old, that old uh, nursery rhyme prayer? It says, Now I lay me down to sleep. Uh, let me see how it goes. Now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray your soul, my soul you keep. If I die before I wake, Lord, I pray my soul you take. 
But where in that nursery rhyme does it say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done? If I've done anything wrong today, if I've done something, Lord, that you're not pleased with, if I've done something that you're not happy with, God, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. See, Paul, Paul said, I die daily, meaning he puts that the flesh under subjection every day. Every single day we have to put the flesh under subjection. So if we have to put the flesh under subjection, the flesh is against the Spirit. It's always going to strive to do things that it wants to do, and we're all the time in a battle and a conflict with it, and we have to overcome that. In order to be victorious, so we have to gain, we have to put the flesh under subjection and keep it under subjection, and asking God to help us and to be our strength in our time of weakness and to forgive us for any times that we might have fallen. You see, when the just man falls seven times, okay, but he gets back up again, that means even though he falls seven times, regardless of when those seven times are, whether it be seven times in a day or whether it be seven times in a week or whether it be seven times in a month or seven times in a year. Regardless of when he falls, it says he gets back up. You see, it's not a sin to get back up. It's a sin to stay down. If you fall, you have to get back up and say, Lord, forgive me for that. Jesus, help me to overcome that. Help me to get stronger so that I can get closer to you. you see, we have to we have to learn to, to ask God to forgive us for the times that we fall short and help us to gain strength to get over those to where we can make it and get past that. Get over, get beyond that. Make it through when that trial coming at you. See, that's a trial we're going through to get something that God's not pleased with out of our life so we can overcome it and so we can keep going and get, get forward and press on with the Lord. If you, if you think about it, if a tree doesn't reach out and try to get to that water, then that tree's not going to flourish because it's not reaching out. It's not putting its roots out to, to reach out and try to find where the water's at. So if it doesn't do that, then especially when the times of of drought comes or the, the trials come. You see, that's like us in our life. If we don't get rooted and grounded in God and reach out and try to tap into that living water that's flowing from the throne room of God to where we can keep ourselves nourished and keep ourselves strengthened and keep ourselves keep ourselves um, keep ourselves water in our bodies and our spiritual bodies, then when those trials come or when those hard times come and those times of drought come, then we're going to be in trouble because we're not we're not rooted and grounded and tapped into that living water of the Lord. So you can't just you can't just come to church just when you feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it, try to get into the house of the Lord so you can get stronger in Him. Even if you don't feel like opening up the Word of God and studying it, open it up anyhow and study it and ask God to give you a revelation, a new, fresh revelation, something to help you to help you get stronger, help you overcome whatever you're facing at that time. Get into His presence. Pray. Get into, his, get into your prayer closet and seek His face. Draw nigh to Him so He can draw nigh to you. So that way you can see. Here's the other part of that. You have to draw nigh to God so He can draw nigh to you. Then it says resist the devil and He'll flee from you. But you see, if you don't draw nigh to God so God can draw nigh to you, when the devil comes around, you, it's going to be hard to resist Him. Why? Because you haven't drawn nigh to God. You're not near to God. You're away from him. He, he's, he's not. You're not close enough to him to reach out. And you know. And you might, the thing is, you might not even think about it at the time to call out to God. You might just decide or feel like just throwing in the towel because you didn't draw nigh to God for Him to strengthen you and give you strength to overcome when the time comes. See, we have to be close to Him. We have to. We have to draw nigh to Him. Seek the face of God. Get close to Him so we can flourish like the palm tree. And grow like the cedar of Lebanon. And uh, 
I hope this helps you tonight. I hope um, I know there's a lot more to it. Uh, there's just so much. It's so so great a subject, especially looking into these, even just the the simple things of the trees in the Bible, the things that we can learn from them. The Word of God is so awesome, and so there's so much in there that we can uncover, and so much that we can see if we just study into it and look into it. Like I said, even just the trees, the simple things of the trees that we can gain from the Lord to help us on our walk with Him. It's like the palm tree flourishing like the palm tree and growing like the cedar in Lebanon. So we can grow. Where are you going to grow at? You're going to grow in the house of God. And you're going to produce fruit and flourish like the palm tree to where people can see God in you and they can see God through you. And they can. you can even help them because of the spirit that's around you when you get around them from the fruit that's coming off your your trees, the fruit that you're building, the fruit or that you're yielding, the fruit of the Spirit. So flourish like the... Uh, be a flourishing pillar in the house of God. That's what my message is for you tonight. Be a flourish, be a flourishing pillar in the house of God. I hope this helped you tonight. If, if, uh, if you enjoyed it, if you've got something out of it, I ask you to share it to help me get the word out so I can help others out there. And uh, help us all to grow in God. So um, there's people out there, like I like I say every time, that I'm not. That's not on my friends list. That um, that's are on yours. That might never see this if you don't share it. And I ask you to share it tonight. Help me get the word out and uh, and everything. Thank you for watching. And see you next time. Love you. God bless.